Hi, folks. Steve Urban here, founder and CEO at RiderFlex. We hope you enjoy today's podcast. And as a reminder, please subscribe to the RiderFlex show for updates on new episodes. And by the way, if you haven't already, check out the book we recently launched, The RiderFlex Guide, Inspiring and Hiring, available for purchase on Amazon. And now, a quick word from our sponsor. Try the number one marketing platform for small business. Everything you need from design to marketing to CRM. Learn more at marketing360.com. Marketing 360. Fuel your brand. <laughs> Erica Rankin on the RiderFlex podcast. Hi, Erica. How are you doing today? I'm great. How are you? Doing fine. Are you in uh, Toronto or where are you today? Traveling or at the office? Uh, uh, kind of, yeah, at the office and in Toronto. So I'm at home in my condo. That's what I figured. You, your, uh, your office is there, right? You office from home still, I'm sure. Yeah, I work from home some days and then I go into a co-working space on other days. So it's like a 50-50. Oh, okay. I got you. All right. Well, before we get into the business, I mean, you're like this, this, this TikTok, uh, 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 famous person. You got this whole thing going on. I want to get into all of it. But before we get into that, I want to know about Erica, the person, the family, uh, mom, dad, siblings growing up. Give me some history, if you don't mind. Sure. So I'm from a super small town, um, about half an hour outside of Niagara Falls. I think there's 25,000 people as the population. Oh, really? Um, yeah. So grew up in a small town, not really used to the city life. So Toronto's a little bit of a new, new thing for me, um, adapting for sure. I have a younger sister. She's three years younger than me. And I have two really awesome parents that were really great to me. I had a really awesome upbringing. Um, grew up in, yeah, that small town and I actually had horses. Didn't live on a farm, but boarded horses and they were miniature horses. So like a shrunken down version of a horse, oh, not ponies, oh, really? but no. not horses, miniature horses. Yeah. So that was like my hobby from the age of 10 to I think 20 early 20s um, and then I had to get out of it just because I didn't have the time or the money for them because it's probably one of the most expensive hobbies I would say it's probably more expensive than hockey so <laughs> um, <laughs> yeah so that was like I guess most of my childhood I guess upbringing was spent on the farm um, with the horses and the chickens and the goats and the llamas um, and then I was really great at school. I loved school. I pursued my bachelor's of psychology and graduated from Loria University in 2017. And I think I went through like a million different career changes. Like I wanted to be a vet and then I wanted to be a horse dentist and then I wanted to be a cop and then I wanted to be a psychiatrist. Um, and that's why I kind of got into psychology because I found it really interesting and it can be applied to pretty much anything, right? So I thought, okay, well, I can basically use this as foundation and then leverage it to go into whatever industry I want to go into. Um, graduated and started working at a university doing research. I thought it was my dream job and it was not my dream job and I ended up not enjoying it. And then I guess after some time trying to figure out who I was and what I wanted to pursue, I decided to quit those jobs and then pursue entrepreneurship I guess but yeah it's kind of a scrambled story but <laughs> wow what'd your folks do your mom and dad uh so they were not entrepreneurs um they actually worked together um it's yeah a very very interesting dynamics in the family they're not together anymore but they do uh -huh. work with each other oh, interesting. Um, and well, yeah that's a, yeah that's a, that's a whole separate <laughs> podcast <laughs> it really is yeah I'm not I know part of the reason why I moved away <laughs> just to have a little bit of space um, but no they work they work at like a um a facility that manufactures like valves like big water valves and they export into like hundreds like tons, tons of different countries and these valves go in like big established buildings and my dad's like the manager of the Canadian branch and then my mom works there is he uh her supervisor <laughs> yeah <laughs> that's okay. Yeah, that's interesting. Wow. All right. Well, what, did they separate after you got out of school or after you got out of the house? I mean, uh, so they separated when I was going to university. So I wasn't really around for that process. Um, but my sister was around your, for it. So I think it was difficult. Your sister, yeah. your, sister, your sister's calling you being like, you left me here with this mess. <laughs> 
basically, yeah. <laughs> Uh, okay, very good. So, but no entrepreneurial bug there. I was trying to figure out where the entrepreneurial bug came from. Was there an aunt or an uncle or some grandparents? Or I'm trying to figure out where that came from. Um, you know, uh, no, no, I don't think I think mm-hmm. I'm the first entrepreneur really in my family, and I didn't have any friends who were entrepreneurs. The most entrepreneurial thing that I ever did was I had a lemonade stand like for a few summers with some friends, like my neighbors, and we had like kool-aid and stuff and like wrote on old boxes like made these like scrappy signs with like crayons and markers and stuff but (laughs) I think like entrepreneurship um I got exposed to this lifestyle and this path when I went traveling so um when I quit my job at the university and I was working at a bakery as well and doing personal training because I was trying to figure out what exactly I wanted to do and I also wasn't making a ton of money um, I was listening to podcasts when I was working at these jobs, entrepreneurship podcasts. And then I bit the bullet, quit all my jobs, and then went backpacking through Southeast Asia for over three months. And that's really? when I met entrepreneurs. And I was like, oh, wow, this is really a thing that you can pursue. And you don't need like a business degree. You don't need, um, you know, family or connections or a network to like really get started. So that's where it came from. That's where it came from. Interesting. So you were working at a bakery, but you were a personal trainer. That is different. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I guess I never thought about it that way. Um, it's well, actually making a pretty cakes. funny story. I'm, I'm over here making cakes and cupcakes and cookies, and then I get a personal trainer. Yeah, that's a... <laughs> I didn't... Honestly, though, I didn't eat a single thing at that bakery. Okay. Um, and it's funny because I was actually dieting for my, my first bodybuilding competition during oh. that time. So <laughs> I would be decorating cakes and cutting cakes and I would Didn't miss you? sell something on a cake and they'd be like, oh, well, you can cut the cake up and have a piece if you want. And I'm like, I can't eat it. So. <laughs> wow. What'd you do? Just save up? You saved up enough money to do this three month journey? You got a little nest egg uh, or uh, to, to do the trip? Why, why Southeast Asia too? I guess two part question. Yeah, so I did a really scrappy, like some of the places I stayed in, a lot of people probably would not be comfortable staying in. (laughs) Um, I remember showing my mom where I was going and she's like, absolutely not. Because it was my first (laughs) solo trip, right? I've never seen it really outside of the four walls of my town and never really immersed myself in a country like that. So um, like when I went to Thailand, that was like my first destination. And then my friend worked for um, G Adventures. It's like a tour company and they have all these different tour packages you can buy. So she kind of talked me into booking a month long one. So then I just kept extending my trip longer and longer and started in Thailand, went to Malaysia, Indonesia, um, Singapore, pretty much. Yeah, I did some of it with like this group of strangers that I met um, and I shared a room with this really awesome girl from the UK that I met there actually in Bangkok. But I chose like I always wanted to go to Thailand. Um, I always I thought it was so beautiful and I wanted to just like experience a different type of culture. Um, and like one of the coolest things that we did was homestays. So we actually got to like live in with um, people that oh. live there and they got to cook for us and, oh. you know, host us, which was really neat. That's so. cool. Did they speak English? No. So we had like our phones. We did it in, um, I believe it was Indonesia. So we took this bus up this like mountain and it looked like it went one wrong turn and you would like go off this mountain. I swear it was so terrifying. There was like no rail or anything. And we had a translation app on our phones and we like typed in like, thank you. And then like showed them. And <laughs> we, we know we didn't speak, you know, there, it was just hard to communicate with them. That That's fascinating. Now is that business model on their end? So the travel agency pays the family to put you, is that how that works? Do they get like a little cash for that? I wonder how that works. Or do they just volunteer? Yeah, I don't know. I'm I, I'm pretty sure they would get compensated in okay. some shape or form. Um, yeah, because we are they like even like made our beds and like we had this room and we like sat around a table and they made us dinner and it was really neat. And then they had like a little um, the one time that we went, there was a wedding happening and we got to be a part of like the ceremony and the celebration afterwards, which is really cool. So now I have to ask you, did they you know, there's there's Thai food, there's Chinese Chinese food. And in both situations, there's traditional versus let me like water this down for, you know, Westerners, you know, like, like it can't be too slimy or fishy or, or, or it can't be too different or else the Canadians and Americans will freak out. Did they, uh, did they, did you eat any like different type of dishes where you're, you're looking at it and you're like, oh, I don't know if I can do it or not. 
Yeah, I think like the one thing that I didn't eat and it's everywhere, they eat a lot of bugs. And that was like, just what, something what that I bug? saw. What kind? Uh, like, like, I don't know, like the worm things and uh, crickets and okay. just like, you know, and they're like, like a snack, like you would go <laughs> buy a stand and they would have like tons of bugs. And um, the only thing that I was very, because I thought I could handle spice. Mm. absolutely not like our level of spice like is way different than theirs you get there and they're like how many chilies do you want one two three four and i'm like oh one you know that would be like a level 10 here like <laughs> i got that i remember i went and got pizza once um with this uh, with a group of people and we asked or they asked if we wanted a spicy and we got a spicy and two of them were in the bathroom throwing up because it was like way too hot we couldn't eat it because it's just so different going there right um but for the most part, everything was, yeah, I've, I pretty much ate a lot of the things there. They weren't really westernized, so to speak. Okay. Um, okay. I did get food poisoning once. Ooh. I'm not sure what happened with that, but I thought I was going to die. And I messaged my mom and was like, mom, I might not come back from Thailand. <laughs> <laughs> oh. So during this time, you're kind of, quote, finding yourself or you're, you're, you're like, okay, this is cool. What, what am I going to do with my life when I get back? Are you having those moments, those thoughts while you're there? Yeah, uh, I guess people kept asking me like what I do. And I didn't have an answer because I quit all my jobs. Right. So I was like, I don't know. I'm just vibing <laughs> on the beach. I don't really have a plan. Like I'm going to go back home and live with my parents. And I don't know how long that'll last. And So I guess I was trying to like pull inspiration from other people. And I guess I had I started having conversations with people from all different types of industries. There was one guy who dropped out of high school and had a moving company and he would go to Thailand like four months out of the year. And then I met another guy who dropped out of law school and was building these immaculate mansions and selling these properties in Thailand. It was just very interesting meeting all these mm -hmm. different types of people. And like the one common ground that they all seemed to have was they had no prior experience and they just did things as they came. Right. Like they didn't really have a plan or really know what they were doing. They were just <laughs> confident that they could figure it out. And then that's when I guess the light bulb went off and I was like, you know what? They don't even know what they're doing. So maybe why don't I try it? You know? So Okay. That's good. Where did the cookie dough come from? How did that, was that like a childhood passion? Was that, how did that tie into it? Walk me through that transition. So cookie dough for me has been like a very nostalgic treat. Um, my neighbor's mom was a baker growing up and we used to go over there and just eat it like like bits of cookie dough at a time in a sitting and I would get so sick like my stomach would hurt so bad but I loved it so much so you know like way out the risk and reward I'm like you know what it's worth a tummy ache so um, and then even in high school my friends and I on our lunch break we would walk across the street to the grocery store which now my product is in, which is pretty cool. Yeah, uh, we would go and we would buy a roll of like Pillsbury cookie dough and just sit out in the sun, like eating this raw cookie dough, you know, like again, like eating so much of it and you're not supposed to. And then I would go back to class and feel so sick. So I kind of wanted to bring that back in a healthier way. Um, and then again, in 2018, I competed in bodybuilding and I couldn't eat it anymore, right? Like, even if I wanted a few, like, this is when you got back. This is, when, this is when you got back from your trip in 2018. So this was, so 2018, I competed in bodybuilding. And then after I competed in my show and I finished my, like, my shows completely, that's when I went into, like, existential crisis mode and quit all my jobs and then went traveling. I see. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Okay. So right. during that time, like, rewinding a little bit in 2018, um, I was, like, making different types of, treats i see yeah because no, I, I couldn't eat cookie dough so i was like okay so i went to the store and i couldn't find a healthier version of it so the next best thing would be to try to make my own so i did that and i was throwing stuff in a bowl experimenting um i would share all of my recipes on instagram and it gained a lot of attention and people would ask me if i would sell like these protein cookie dough bites and i would make puddings and cupcakes and all these different things and I guess that's kind of where it came from when I got home and from my trip I and was see. like, what now can I, 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 what see. can I monetize? Like, what does the market mm. need and what am I good mm. at? What do I enjoy? Mm. And that mm. was just one thing that kind of fell in all those buckets. So I decided to, you know, launch with Brodo and that's how it came about, I guess. 
So really it was that moment where you're like, okay, I'm bodybuilding. I'm in shape. I can't eat a bunch of sweets, but I love the cookie dough. What can I make? What, how can I, what can I make for myself? What, what's my treat for the day since I can't have the, that's kind of how I got started. I see. And then when you met all these entrepreneurs on the trip in Thailand and Southeast Thailand and Southeast Asia, you came back and you're like, okay, I'm just going to capitalize on what I'm already kind of started. I see. I got it now. All right. Yeah. All right. All right. I like that. Now, I've never talked to a former bodybuilder that also loved cookie dough. This is a first for me. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's, I have a lot of contradicting things yeah. going on here. But <laughs> totally. Totally. Are you still doing that, by the way? Or is that is that that's gone? That's done. You're retired. No, I'm not doing that. I uh, That's a full time job in itself. I and, think so. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. All right. So, so you come back, you come back, you got all these ideas, you got this energy, but you got no money, right? Well, I'm guessing you don't have a ton. How do you get started? How to walk the uh, aspiring entrepreneurs through how you survived? Okay, I'm back in my apartment. I'm back from my, my trip. How am I going to do this? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, honestly, I like it's so simple. I Googled business workshop near me, found a business resource center, drove 40 minutes to it. I think I went to three different okay. workshops, one how to and it was completely free. So which is great. So great. they taught you how to write a business plan, um, how to manage cash flow, marketing and branding. And then they also had, I think, grants available. So just tons of free resources. Um, and then after that, because I grew up in a very small town and there isn't really a whole lot of resources there to start a food business, um, I was looking at different places to move to. And I was looking at Toronto and the cost of living in Toronto. And it was just too high. Couldn't move there. So I had a friend in Ottawa, which was about like six hours from my hometown and um, visited her in Ottawa. I fell in love with the city and I was looking at the prices of living there and it was way more affordable. They had a commercial kitchen that would be perfect for what I was doing and looking to start. Um, so I found a roommate on, we have this website called Kijiji and it's kind of like Craigslist, but it's safer. Um, and I found this roommate <laughs> and I moved in with her in Ottawa. So I packed my, all my stuff up in my Jeep and drove six hours to this new city and moved in with a stranger essentially, which worked out. It was great. And we lived together for six months and I started the business out of a commercial kitchen and I stored my product in my car and I picked and packed orders in my driver's seat for the first three months. <laughs> okay. So you rented, you rented a commercial kitchen, you rented the space at a commercial kitchen, right? Okay. Yeah. Was this all, did your, did your parents help you with the funding on this? Did somebody help you with the funding? Did you raise some cash or this is all still just personal savings on your part? No, it was just, honestly, I think I started the business with less than $10,000. Um, and it was, yeah, some money that I had tucked away. And I was very scrappy. Like I built my own website. I designed my own labels. I got oh. my logo made for 50 bucks off Fiverr. Like, I, <laughs> you know, I just like, I, I sat down with myself and thought, okay, like I could try to like, you know, maybe get some friends and family to put in some money and try to like prove this concept or I could just be real scrappy and see if it gets off the ground with the current resources I have. And if it does, then I know, okay, now I can put some more money into it. Right. So mm -hmm. that's what I did at the beginning was just, and I even um, off, like oftentimes a lot of the commercial kitchens, they have discounted rates if you go in really late at night. So I would go in from like, I think 11 to 12 at night to get 30% discounted rates, like off peak hours. <laughs> so yeah, I go in and make it at night and then bring it back and put it in my car and stuff. But And where would you store it? At home, at your apartment in a freezer? Where, where was the inventory? Uh, so I launched in December and I was in one of the coldest, probably, yeah, one of the coldest parts of Canada. It, was, it gets really cold in Ottawa. So I honestly stored it in my car and I drove around with the heat off all winter, which sounds crazy. <laughs> But that's what I did because I didn't have anywhere so else good. to put it. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> that's, now that's a pretty good story right there. So it's in the back seat. Um, and how did you get the traction for it? You had a little, you had a little following before you went to Thailand because you were doing some stuff. And then what'd you do? You told your following on Instagram or whatever, like, hey, I got this new product, and you started throwing out social media posts. Yeah. So I had about I think four thousand followers on Instagram and. Mm -hmm. I honestly, I, ha I was so naive. I did not know that marketing was a thing. When you have a business, I thought, oh, you launch a business and then you get sales, right? So <laughs> yeah. I remember, yeah, that's not how it works. 
um, I launched the business and I remember telling my friends and family, I was super excited. Like I hit publish on my Shopify website and I was just like waiting and then nothing was happening. And I remember telling my friends and family, I'm like, oh yeah, just Google it, Brodo. And they're like, okay. And they told me they could not find it anywhere. They're like, it's not on the first Google page, not on the second, not on the third. And I was like, this has to be a mistake. There's something wrong. (laughs) And I didn't know what SEO was, right? Like, you know, it takes time for you to get there. So um, that was like, just the learning curve for me, right? And then I realized, oh, crap, like, I'm gonna have to actually figure stuff out and like, figure out how to get in front of people with no money, I can't pay for ads, I don't have money for ads. So I started like getting creative and like doing like giveaways and just like posting Mm -hmm. regularly on Instagram. And I pretty much focused exclusively on Instagram and just really tried to build up my following there. Um, and getting comfortable with putting my face behind the camera and talking on my story. And I remember I had like 300 followers and I was talking to like the way that I was speaking, you would think I would have like a hundred thousand followers. I was like, Hey guys, we're sold out, but don't worry. We're restocking tomorrow and you better get it. Like it's going to sell it in like 10 minutes or, you know, so <laughs> pretending to be bigger than I was. And then it, it kind of grew. And then, uh, I guess following suit was LinkedIn was the other pillar to, my social media success where I realized that I needed to go there to network and started building on that platform. And then TikTok was like, you know, the, the snowball that rolled it all into what it is today. Because TikTok came in, I mean, how old, when did, when did TikTok, uh, what's wrong with my internet? Am I dragging on my video here? Um, TikTok is, See, so you were 2021 to 20 during the pandemic, I guess it started getting huge. Yeah. So I think during 2020, um, everyone downloaded, like there was like something like hundreds of millions of downloads. And right right now there's like 1 billion active users a month. It's crazy. crazy. So yeah, everyone was downloading it and I downloaded it, but not to make content on it, just to like, I had like one of those accounts that was like user 685376 and I would just watch stuff and comment on stuff I would never, ever post. But you were um, already, you were already doing stuff on Instagram and LinkedIn for Brodo already. I'm yeah. Sure it didn't take long for you to be like, okay, I'm, I'm, I'm putting Pro, Brodo on TikTok, I'm sure. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Instagram, I think because Instagram was so slow, like to build it, I was like, okay, I need to like go over to another social media platform. And then I kind of chose LinkedIn for other reasons, just to help with like the oh, business side of yeah, things. Yes, absolutely. Because um, I didn't know how to scale it anymore. And all my friends, they were great, but they worked for the government and they could not help me grow a CPG brand. They had no idea how to help me. So, um, and then with TikTok, like my, one of my best friends, she started a business shortly after I did and she used that platform and that's how she grew her brand. And I was kind of watching all of this happen in real time and the success she was having. So it kind of um, gave me some perspective and gave me the push that I needed to just get on there and swallow my pride and start putting out content. Cause I think everyone just, you know, they assume that it's this app for kids and it's a silly dancing app and, you know um, but no, it was, it was great. And I'm so glad that I got on it when I did. Because now, yeah, I was, by the way, it was the same way for us. We, and we own a recruiting firm at RiderFlex. That's our day job. Besides the podcast, we're a recruiting firm. And I remember having those exact conversations with, with the team. They're like, Oh, we don't need to be on there. That's just a little app for the, the kid. And this is, and I kept watching. I'm like, mm, I don't know. I think we might need to. Uh... <laughs> yeah. It was the same way. And now let's see. So LinkedIn, you got like 50,000, 50 something thousand followers. How many followers on Instagram? How many followers on TikTok now? I think Instagram, we're almost at 10,000 and then TikTok just over 200,000. 200,000. That's great. What a, what a wonderful platform for you to pitch your brand. And by the way, it's not just about the quality of the product, right? It's about you. I mean, you are the energy, the face, I mean, the vibe, all of that, the personality, the style of the brand is about you. And, you know, of course, I did my homework this morning. I'm on the treadmill this morning watching your TikTok videos and stuff. <laughs> I'm, like, I'm like, you know, she does a good job of making it fun, making it feel good, making it personal so that your audience and your your customers can relate to you as a human being. Right. Instead of just instead of just, OK, here's this here's this product I'm buying to eat. 
like, no, this is my friend, Erica, even though we're not really friends. I feel like we're friends because I'm tied to her on TikTok and I watch all of her stuff, you know. I think that feels good. I think that feels good for the consumer. And you do a really good job at that, by the way. Great job. Thank you. Thank were you, you. Were, were you um, like a, a singer or actor or drama person in high school? Did you do any of that stuff? <sighs> That's so funny. No, no. I, uh, I I took drama class because I had to. You had to take a drama or an art or something. I was like the weird horse girl, you know? I was like <laughs> that girl in high school. And I like had my, my lunches in the hallways with like my other horse friends. And I, I was very... Um, I guess introverted in a way and really? oh, I wouldn't, didn't no, have I wouldn't, a lot of friends. Yeah. Thought. I'm like, honestly, I was a completely different person and it's very interesting because like when I started this company, if I were to go back and compare the person I was then to the person I am now, like it not even similar in any way. It's crazy. Like I've mm-hmm. had this weird transformation alongside the business. <laughs> when you go back to see your folks and you're in your small little hometown and you go down to the convenience store, do people see you and like, Erica, Erica, like Erica, that is crazy what you're doing on TikTok. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, yeah, I've had like I've had a few encounters for sure, and um, I did a my home my my hometown. We had this uh market on like Main Street. Main Street's literally called Main Street, like that's how okay. small it is. And they blocked off the street, and we had it. There was a bunch of vendors, and I had my booth set up. And I saw a couple of teachers from high oh. school, which oh. was really cool. And yeah. yeah, so that was like. It was like this weird, like, and they yes. didn't recognize me and we started talking and, you know, like, it's funny going back and like seeing people from your past <laughs> and <laughs> just, yeah, the evolution of them and me and, you know, but. Pretty neat. Let's talk about the product. Now, did you create a cookie dough that you can eat without hurting your stomach and, and feeling, you know, I'm, I'm guessing, talk to me about the ingredients, the product itself a little bit and uh, why it's not unhealthy and why it doesn't make your stomach hurt. <laughs> yeah, so I guess people normally assume that cookie dough is bad to eat because of the raw eggs, which I mean, yeah, like you shouldn't always be eating raw eggs. It's not the best thing to do for you, but it's actually the raw flour that can make you really like deathly ill. It can have oh. E. coli in it and bacteria because oh. oh. it's not it's not baked. It's like the bacteria is not uh, heated. Um, so we use a special heat treated flour. Um, we don't use any like white processed sugars, it has natural sugars in it. And then it has added protein, there's fiber in there. So when you eat it, you actually get like full, it's not just empty calories. It's just not all sugar that you're getting. Mm. Um, and then it's also lower in sugar. There's only five grams per serving, whereas regular cookie dough has up to 15 grams, which is a lot of sugar. I see. Okay. And is this a uh, super secret? patented formulas or can anybody copy you how do you how do you keep another giant uh you know food company from just copying what you're doing i guess it's the brand in a way like they can copy my product but they can't copy me and that's what i kind of tell myself right so um i mean it's not that hard to make like if you really wanted to knock it off i'm sure you could um even though i was in r&d for a very long time because protein is very hard to work with (laughs) um but yeah i mean it's totally doable for sure and it happens all the time right you see it happen all the time yes yeah by the way how did you survive during that r&d period when you're running the commercial office and you're living with a roommate that you only knew for one day and could have been a mass murderer or whatever <laughs> yeah she how, really did you, could how, did you, how did you survive like what were you eating ramen noodles were you super low on cash did you have to call mom and dad and be like dad can you please send me some money how did you how did you yeah. make yeah yeah, I, uh, so I guess like when I started growing and stuff, especially now, now that I'm like getting bigger, I have another business that like pays for my living expenses, right. <laughs> which really helps. Um, but yeah, I got, I got a lot of loans. Like I, oh. um, I did bootstrap, but I did take like, I'm not going to say how much, but I mean, I took a fair amount of money to get me started. Um, and that kind like of got a, me like, through like SBA, like a small business loan, bank loan. Or yeah. I, don't know how it works. I don't know how it works in Canada. Yeah. Not bank loans. They won't even touch yeah. you if no. you're less than two years old. And no. also being like in CPG, like uh, having a package food package product. Um, they look at the margins and they're like, this doesn't make sense. How are you making money here? They see your cash flow and it's like one month is there's 30,000 out. And then one month there's like a bunch in and it's just very inconsistent. It's, a lot different than any other business, right? Yeah. Um, but yeah, I got a couple of small business loans okay. and mm-hmm. leveraged that. And my first year, I actually broke even. And then last year, I did take a loss. And But 
Now, breaking now, even, now, I was break... killing myself in the process. I was going to say, that. yeah. Now, were you, were you paying yourself? Were you withdrawing any cash? Okay, no. No, no. no. Sweat no. equity. Sweat equity, yeah. All right. Yeah. Well, okay, so my next question is then how are you paying the rent? Let's go ahead. Let, so, so talk to the, the listeners about how you do that. So you're building your brand. You're getting these followers. You get the loans. You get the product developed. Okay, I got this brand. I got this going. This is cool. I'm either breaking even or I'm losing just a little bit, but. I don't have any money to buy groceries to pay the rent. So I got to do something else. Talk to us about how you survived that and what you're doing. Yeah. Um, we got to eat and got to live. Right. So, <laughs> and I refused to move back home. Like that was the plan B. I was like, if this all crumbles and if I'm really struggling, I can just move back home. But I really, I love having my own space and sure. being independent and stuff. So I hustled um, and I had a business coach kind of help me, um, I guess, execute the second business my passion project, I guess you could call it. I had brands reach out to me like every week asking me about TikTok and LinkedIn and social media. And we saw like a huge drop off with Instagram and Facebook ads after the iOS update and everyone was just dumping money and just not seeing the return that they wanted. So they were all looking to TikTok, but none of them knew how to get started on it because it's a completely different platform. So Mm -hmm. I found myself like hopping on calls with founders every week and just saying the same thing to every single person in different conversations. And then I thought, okay, what makes the most sense from like a time perspective? Like, what can I do to help these people, but then also help myself? Because obviously, like, I don't have extra time to just be talking to all these people all the time. So I put together a course for TikTok that anyone can do at their own pace. And it has video explanations and PowerPoints. And I have it on my website. And then I've been doing like, tons of different things for brands like ghostwriting, um, like copywriting. Uh, TikTok consulting, like overview of social media consulting, LinkedIn strategy, just figuring out how to get people seen organically, right? Wow. So you have the course, which is kind of recurring revenue. By the way, it's growwithericacom growwithericacom for the listeners. So you have the course that's recurring revenue, plus you're also a, a, a marketing agency, so to speak, a consultant that goes out and does the other stuff too. I see. You got both. Yeah, and that I don't really offer that much because there's a couple of brands that I work with and Brodo is definitely like my main priority, but I do help out a couple of their businesses. Okay, so you're paying the bills at home with growerica.com and Brodo, by the way, for the for the listeners, I want to make sure I get this out there, brodo.ca, because uh, it's Canada, right? Brodo, brodo.ca. You're growing that brand, trying to make sure that it doesn't drain you of cash, trying to get it to at least break even for right now while it grows, right? And then surviving mm-hmm. through your your marketing uh, uh, services that you provide. I got it. Okay, very good. I was wondering, when I was looking at your LinkedIn profile, I'm like, okay, now what's going on here? What is she doing with this marketing agency? <laughs> yeah. I <laughs> uh, got you. Is it just you uh, that's providing the marketing piece so far? Are you gonna? Do you have employees? Have you gotten any projects big enough to where you need additional help? What are you doing there? It's just me. So it's just like super small. Um, yeah, just just something okay. that I do on the side. And I, I like it and I find it easy. So, you know. Okay. Okay. And then Brodo, same thing, just yourself? No, actually. So I have an employee. Um, he started a few weeks ago. And then I'm going to be hiring an operations manager in the new year and growing the team more. Yeah. So. Wow. Now you got employees. Now you're for real. Now I'm for real. Now I can get back some sanity. Right, because I'm guessing you're doing the marketing during the day, and are you still going into the kitchen at night and trying to make product on your own, and then driving it back? And you is do you have a co-packer at this point or a commercial? Okay, yeah, yeah, I have. I have a manufacturer. Um, I don't okay. think I would be sitting here today if I didn't. I'd be in the kitchen probably. Um, I have a manufacturer. I have a 3PL that like stores my products uh, and they do all my online fulfillment. Right. I have right. a distributor now that right. distributes to stores and a lot of okay. operations are now outsourced. So it's good. It's good to have all those things. But growing pains is a whole new set of challenges. So mm. how did you make the deal with the co-packer or the or the how did you did you go in and say, hey, look, I can't I don't know if I can pay you, but let's partner. How did you? <laughs> yeah. So that was like a very interesting conversation to have because you're so small. Right. So I think I approached 10 different co-packers. And I think only two said yes to working with me. Um, they all basically hung up and were, you know, like no one wants to work with you when you're small. It's like, okay, this is my volume. And they're, because they have minimum order quantities, right? And if you come to them and 
you're like, I can only like do like 500 units. And they're like, well, that's just such a waste of time for us. We're not even going to make money off of you. So it's like pitching investors. You have to sell the dream. You're like, this is where we are right now, but this is where we're going to be and come along and you're going to miss out if you say no. So um, I ended up finding uh, a really great manufacturer that was in Toronto. So that's why I'm back here and I live here now. But um, yeah, we just like, we worked together um, over the past, like, I think, early 2021 was the first conversation that I had with them. And then throughout the year, they provided a lot of handholding and mentorship throughout the whole process of onboarding me and mm-hmm. um, doing like the plant trial and their minimum order quantities were super low. And they were just the perfect partner for me to start with. And I'm currently with them still. So did they provide the wholesale selling service as well to get into these grocery stores? Or was that you knocking on doors to get into these, these, yeah, so they make it and then they say, there you go, that's it. So <laughs> then you you have to like have a plan to move it, right? Because it's a okay. ticking time bomb with the shelf right. life. So that's right. I have a broker, I have a broker, I have a distributor. And basically how it works is a product gets shipped to the distributor's warehouse. And then the broker goes and calls the stores and makes sure, gets the yeses, I guess. And um, then we get the green light and then the distributor delivers it to those stores that we get the yes to. Boy, you're paying a lot of people there. You're, there's a lot of margin going down the tubes. You got the manufacturer, yep. and then you got the distributor. <laughs> By the time everybody's paid, you're like, okay, here's my little piece right here. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Delayed gratification. <laughs> <laughs> are your retails your retail prices? Um, do they are they scaring customers? I mean, is it is it high because you're so small and you're having to pay pay all these people, or you you feel like you're okay with your price point? Yeah, I mean, obviously, it'd be nice to have it lower. But the issue yeah. when you're small is you're not doing crazy volume. And yeah. there are other products that are a lot cheaper, but they're also not as like high quality. So I'm really trying to like, lean into that and like show customers that our product is a premium product. And that's why the price is what it is. Okay, very good. Uh, and I noticed that I can get it either ordering directly from brodo.ca, or you have a list of retailers on your website where it's available as well, but not on Amazon yet. Is that because you don't want to yet, you don't want to create yet another margin loss by sending it through Amazon? What's the deal? <laughs> yeah, man, I picked a really tough product for Amazon because it's perishable. So yes. you can't do fulfilled by Amazon. Mm. Um, and even like for me to sell, like right now I can only sell within Canada online and then we're in stores in Canada as well. So I've mm. had this like, big gap where I have all these people from the States who want to support me, but they can't purchase just because I can't ship the product over the border. There's just too many barriers and challenges with that. So um, good news is in 2023, we're launching a new product, completely new, um, and it's going to be available to the U.S. So that's coming soon. Okay, so you're going to use a manufacturer on the other side of the uh, the line, so to speak? Yeah, that's right. Yeah, Okay, very good. And is it going to be non-perishable? Yeah. Oh, all right. Yeah, you're you're okay. You're making the moves. Good for you. Did you have to raise? Did you have to raise cash for this? How are you paying for all this? So we're launching a crowdfunding campaign actually very soon, like in a week or two. Oh, okay. Yeah. All right. right. Yeah, you get a non-perishable product that you can ship to the U.S. and go through Amazon with your cool energy vibe brand and you. You know, as long as you're behind it, you know. Yeah, there you go. Now you're now you're stepping into a bigger part. dynamite. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I hope so. I hope that solves a lot of pain points. We'll see. Uh, very good. Okay. Can you announce it? Can you talk about it? Can you tell us what the product is? Can you give us anything? Give us a little. Yeah, something? not not yet. I mean, it'll be good. It's going to be like gluten free and protein and better for you and clean ingredients and delicious and nostalgic and all those things. So. Did you have any old high school friends, college buddies, or even your roommate, anybody like, I'm sure during the last couple of years, people, sometimes people looking at you like, what the hell are you doing, man? This ain't going to work. Just go get a regular job. I mean, I'm sure you had that numerous times. Yeah, actually. Um, and I think that's why like my, my circle has changed so much because I need people to like hype me up and not like, you mm-hmm. know, take me down a level. And I remember there was one time, I think it was in 2020 in the pandemic when I just, it was like my first real burnout that I've ever had. And I was like borderline having a panic attack. And I called like one of my friends and from university and I told her what was happening. And she's like, well, you could just like quit and close it down. And 
I was like, oh, okay. Like, <laughs> I don't really want to hear that. Right. So, cause I worked so hard to get it where it was. Right. And I'm like, I did all this for nothing. Like, and then I thought about it. And then I went through this whole grieving process in my head about like what would happen if I did close it down. And um, then I, I didn't obviously didn't let it happen, but there have been times when I've gone to people and they've kind of like not said the things that I wanted them to say, but it also isn't their job to tell me what I want to hear. Right. So any, I think, any, yeah. Any VC firms knock on the door yet or not yet? Yeah, actually uh-huh. I have had interest um, from okay. several, but um, they want to take like pretty much my whole business. Which <laughs> yeah, is exactly. going to happen. So. <laughs> exactly. exactly. Yeah. Yeah. When you're at, when you're at your size, yeah. They're like, Hey, we'll, we'll give you like uh eight grand for 90% of the company or, you know, I mean, just stupid numbers, right? You can yeah, tell them, yeah. you can tell them like, look, look, here you go. Tell you what, guys, give me 10 million. I'll give you 1% of the company and then we'll have a conversation. <laughs> and no voting rights. <laughs> yeah, no voting, no board seats. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You are, you know, all joking aside, you are in that, you, you are, yeah, you are in that stage where the vultures will swoop down and try to uh, grab uh, 51% of your company for tiny, tiny money. And, um, I would encourage you not to do that for as long as possible, you know, mm-hmm. you know, as long as you're able to pay the bills and heat up some ramen noodles, you'll be fine. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. <laughs> what, what's the status with the social life? Are you, are, do you have partners, married, kids, single dogs, cats? What's, what's going on with Erica? I did have a cat. It's funny. So when I lived in Ottawa, I got a cat during the pandemic cause I was so lonely, like so lonely. And this cat, like, his name is Toby. He's the best cat ever. I love him so much. Okay. But then I moved back home to my dad's like in between before moving to Toronto. And oh. my dad fell in love with him. And oh. then I moved to Toronto. And then I just couldn't take him away from my dad. My dad would send me pictures of them like hanging out. And now my dad is just obsessed with this cat. And I travel so much. So I can't have him here. So it's just oh. me. Just me. Little me. Single. No partners or anything. And yeah, but I found uh, myself yeah. Yeah, but 200,000 followers on TikTok. So you got all these trolls and these, 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 (laughs) you know, I, uh, yeah. Yeah. (laughs) You got to be, yeah, I'm I'm sure you have to be careful there. Um, Yeah. Well, I I followed you this morning. I clicked follow on TikTok. So just because I'm, thank you. Just because I'm an old guy. I'm not, I'm not, I'm I'm just a regular fan. (laughs) Yeah, that's fine. Thanks for following. (laughs) Uh, Did your dad get remarried or no? No, he's like dating, and then he's my dating. mom's dating too. Yeah. Bet, so. Oh my god, is your dad my age? Probably so, right? Fifties, mid fifties. Uh, late fifties. Yeah. Jesus Christ, I would. Oh my god, I would hate to have to date at my age. That would be a nightmare. Oh my god, thank God for my <laughs> wife. I can't even imagine what your dad is going through. He's like, what is this app? What do I feel like? He's not using apps. <laughs> Is he is he trying to use the uh, app? I don't ask. I don't know. <laughs> I hope not. <laughs> so what's the plan, Erica? Um, I guess the plan is launch the other product to scale, get get the US footprint. Um, you said you're gonna do a crowd campaign, right? So, yeah, so that's yeah. like happening very soon. We've been working on it for several months. Um yeah. raising a bunch of money. using that money to go into product development and launch this new product into the u.s probably by like q2 2023 okay yeah and then hire an operations manager um there's yeah someone that i've been speaking to who is probably going to come on and just help with the growth and um continue to grow in canada all right and then what happens then sales start going through the roof then um you make a couple of huge wholesale deals with some major grocery chains in the u.s and then what happens i don't know craft foods calls and buys you and then you retire or what 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 do you foresee (laughs) i mean the future is very unpredictable um i do plan to sell the company and like five to eight years maybe sooner i don't know Um, you have a number do you have a number you have not a number for sell but do you have a number because i always like to ask the question this way not what you would sell the company for, but what does Erica's check have to be to to sell? Do you have a number yet in your head for that? I don't, right? Because I don't even pay myself yet, really. So I don't know. I mean, anything would be good right now. Anything. But no, I think I think like 
I don't know. I, um, it hasn't been about money for me. And obviously, yeah, that's the end goal. Like I want to, you don't want to tell your investors that like, it's not about money, you know? Um, cause it is, but like, I want this company to be like a household name and I want you people do. to like, yeah, you know, and right. I think that's totally achievable. I just need to have some cash to help accelerate things and get it to where it needs to be. And if I wanted it to be like a, legacy brand that I would pass on to my kids and have forever, then maybe I would go about it a different way and not be raising and go a lot slower. But um, I want to grow it and sell it and stay in the food and beverage space probably forever. I don't know. I like it here. <laughs> well, um, if you sell, I don't see you ever being an employee for somebody else. You'd probably just sell it and then start a new company. I'm thinking, cause you don't even, you barely even know what it's like to be an employee at this point. Right. You would like, I can imagine yeah. if if you sold to some big food company and then they're like, okay, Erica, um, part of the deal is you need to stay on as VP of whatever for two years and be an employee and report up to Brad. You you would be like, yeah, I can't. I can't. <laughs> yeah, probably not. I mean, I probably, I don't know. I don't know. Maybe it would be different if it was my brand or like Maybe. I did. I think the longest job that I ever had was I worked at a retirement home as a dietary aide. So I served food to residents for I think seven years that was my job um and I I liked it yeah but again like it just wasn't it got very boring right and repetitive and you're not living you're not living a boring life right now that's for sure (laughs) no sometimes honestly I wish it was a little bit you know less exciting so to speak but (laughs) yeah you're busy is mom and dad involved do they help or they or do have they are they owners? Do they have any piece of the company? No, I mean, I've offered, but again, like it's even when I started my company, they supported me, but they did not understand what I was doing. Cause you know, like my dad's like, you're not starting a cookie company. You're starting a cookie dough company. Why? Like what? what? Cause he doesn't need that. Right. I don't think yeah. he's ever really even had my product, but he does support me. He like when he's in the grocery store and if it's that the product's not faced right, he goes oh. and like refaces them oh, really? and sends really? me a picture. And then my mom goes and picks it up. Like she went to one of the stores and she was checking out and she's like, yeah, this is my daughter's company. <laughs> so she likes to break to everyone. And then she goes to work and like has like containers on her desk, just like to show yeah, off. Yeah, and I like that. So they're that very, cool. they're very supportive and yeah, they've been, you know, kind of there being my cheerleader since the beginning. So. Isn't it? It's kind of weird, right? We we just launched our book at RiderFlex uh, called The RiderFlex Guide. And my mom, uh, and I keep in mind, my mom's 80. My mom can still use Facebook, just barely. Anyway, she puts like the little picture of the book up and, you know, I'm so proud of my son or whatever. It's it's kind of, it's it's weird feeling a little bit. Like you appreciate their support, but it's also kind of like weird, isn't it? I don't know. I, I felt weird about it. <laughs> I'm like, I don't. It feels, <laughs> yeah, I can understand that. It is like, you know, it kind of feels like you're back in like elementary school or something. A little bit. And <laughs> yeah. 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 And I'm 55. So for me, I'm like, okay, I don't know. This is feels weird. All right. Very good. Um, So I want to make sure I want to ask you a couple of last minute questions here, but one more time, just for the listeners, we're almost out of time. Growwitherica.com. If you want to learn how to get 200,000 followers on Facebook and, or just, you know, increase the brand uh, reputation uh, that you might have or get your name out there, whatever. Growwitherica.com. I'm assuming there's a contact me button on there, which there is right. Best way to get a hold of you. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Um, you can just go ahead and give us your home address if you want. No, I'm just playing. <laughs> <laughs> and then you got brodo.ca, brodo.ca. Okay. A couple of last minute questions here. Um, what do, what, what do Canadians think of, uh, of Americans right now? What, what, what's the latest and greatest? Like what, what's, when you guys think of Americans, are we, do you think of, oh, we're just a bunch of cowboys or what, what do you, what, what, what's the feel up in Canada right now? I'm just curious. Uh, I don't know if I'm the right person to ask. I love Americans. <laughs> like I, I think America's great, right? Good answer, uh, Erica. I don't know. It's where people go to, you know, um, live the dream. You know, it's the American dream, right? And would you move the land of opportunity? It's actually, I probably will be. Um, uh-huh. I just, yeah, I see myself living there, and I don't know when. Um, depending on how things go with this new manufacturer and the growth in the mm-hmm. States, that kind of might be my next chapter. I don't know. 
Okay, very good. And then your TikTok videos. Are you going to do any, like you got this image, you got this this character that you've created. It's almost like a character. Because now that I've talked to you on camera here for an hour, your TikTok character is, I mean, it's Erica, but it's 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 the it's the it's the hyped up lively version of Erica, right? It's this it's the this. caffeinated Erica. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, are you going to continue on that same path? There is that is that you just go with that go with that character? Are you going to do anything different? Are you going to do any longer versions? You're going to do anything else on YouTube? You're going to do anything else with the with the TikTok character? I guess is my question. Yeah, the thing I guess that has been difficult is just the content creation aspect of the business because I've been so deep in operations lately. I just haven't had the capacity to like really, I guess, um, I noticed put out that. more content. I noticed yeah, that. I it did was, notice it's that. A lot, it's a lot easier at the beginning when you're doing everything. And if I'm packing orders, I can just prop my phone up and take content. But now like I'm not there packing orders. I'm not there when it's manufactured. So I don't have as much content. And a lot of the things that I do, no one wants to just see me like on my computer all day, putting up fires and responding to emails. And so it's not as exciting for people to see. But when I start to outsource and bring on more employees and grow the team, it gives me more space um, and abilities to do those things again and really bring forth the like tying in the personal brand to the business and kind of leveraging that and building community and not only having like a really great product, but then also connecting on a more personable level with the audience. Cause that's super important. Like you said, right. Like people can smell the BS right from a mile away. If you're on there and you're just trying to sell something and you're not authentic about it. So you have to, you know, like show that you care and appreciate them. So. Couldn't agree more. That's a good way to wrap this up. I uh, couldn't agree more. You, it is very difficult to find time for social media and podcasting and things when you are running a business. I talk to people all the time and they're like, oh, I'm going to start a podcast. I'm going to start my own podcast. I'm like, okay, yeah, well, call me in six months. Let me know how that's going. Yeah. <laughs> because it takes a shit ton of time. And, you know, they, they see your TikTok videos. People don't, most people don't have a clue how much time it takes to really have a social media presence. The takes, the downloading, the, the editing. The, I mean, it's just, it eats up minutes of your day. And so uh, I totally understand. I know you're, you're, you're pushed, pulled for time in both directions right now, uh, for sure. But, uh, but, but your character is a huge part of the brand for sure. So <laughs> you gotta, you gotta keep yeah. that going because they want to see, yeah. they want to see Erica. <laughs> I know. Yeah. And I have to uh, stick with it. Right. So, yes, you're doing a great job. Congratulations on everything you've done so far. It takes a lot of guts to get to, to get to the point that you've gotten. It is easy to just go be an employee. I mean, you could just walk down the street and get a job somewhere. No big deal. Right. It takes a lot of guts, a lot of grit, grit, a lot of determination to do what you're doing. So kudos. Congratulations. Thank you. I appreciate that.